Clayton. John Clayton. Hey, Ma, I'm done with my segment. This is the Coors Light Cold Hard Facts with John Clayton. Brought to you by Coors Light. Made to chill. Time to talk football with the professor, John Clayton, as we do every single day here with Wyman and Bob on 710 ESPN Seattle. If you guys have questions for John, you can text those in right now to 421-3776, 421-ESPN. We'll try to get to some of your questions before we let them go for the day. Hello, John. Hello, guys. So, John, can you now divulge who's going into the Football Hall of Fame? Yeah, I can. Okay, good. No more torture. No more torture. (laughs) And uh, Dave Wyman's guy, Sam Mills, did make it. Yeah, Thank you. we were talking about that, celebrating that earlier. Is there anybody you voted for that didn't make it in, that you thought should have? Yeah, I mean, I voted for uh, DeMarcus Ware because, you know, uh, since 1960, he ranks like 14th or so. Or no, I think, yeah, 14th with 138.5 sacks. And so I thought that, you know, he should get in there. And then, of course, I also thought that one of the wide receivers, whether it was Reggie Wayne uh, Andre Johnson, who both have over 14,000 yards, or maybe uh, Torrey Holt should have got in. We needed to get one receiver in, so that didn't happen. So it's like, yeah, so it turned out to be a little bit of a surprise, yeah, because again, you know, we ended up with four defensive players, and again, in some ways, you know, we had defensive players who ended up waiting. I mean, you know, like in the case of Mill, uh, you know, Sam Mills, he was at the end where it's like if he didn't get voted in this year, he'd be in the senior pool and he'd be like drowning in the senior pool and you never know if he's going to be able to come out. So a little bit of a sympathy vote there that did work. And then, uh, you know, certainly it's great to see Leroy Butler get in. And then, of course, you know, uh, you had uh, Bryant Young who'd been waiting around. He'd only got in the uh, semifinals last year for the first time. So, and then, you know, it, it's just one where, you know, they, this this year we didn't go for the first ballots. Some years we do, some years we don't. And we know that DeMarcus Ware was a first ballot and Andre Johnson was a first ballot. So we we didn't do that. And you didn't vote for Devin Hester. He was certain he was getting <laughs> in, John. And, he, yeah. and I, I hear he's disappointed. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, wait, he's a first, he wanted first ballot, though, Yeah, right? he wanted he want first ballot as a special teams player. I mean, give me a break. But will he get in at some point? <laughs> I don't know. I question it. Yeah. I mean, because, again, he's the greatest return guy we've ever seen. But, again, what we're talking about is that, uh, you know, what are we talking about? Ten plays a game versus right. guys that have uh, that play 65 plays and, you know, go to Pro Bowls and things like that? No, I, I think it's going to be tough. Yeah, I agree with you on, on that. As far as the numbers, it's got to be difficult for them. But, uh, hey, really quick, getting back to uh, to Sam Mills. Mm-hmm. This is another thing I like. I was telling Bob how I, I have so much appreciation for the smaller guys. You know, he was 5'9", 220, 225. Also, he went to college at Montclair State. <laughs> wow. So, I mean, it's not like he is, uh, you know, coming. He was, you know, took the, you know, USC route and was in, drafted. And also, didn't he start off in the USFL? I think he played for the uh, the oh, Philadelphia wow. Stars. Hmm. Yeah. So, anyway. Um, but the thing I wanted to ask you, John, you know, the guys that, 
you know, didn't get in or just barely missed. Mm-hmm. Does that give the, how many times do those guys just totally drop off, or is it a good indication for what happens next year? No, they usually stay up there because again, you know, they'll stay if they made the fifteen, they usually stay in the fifteen, and then if not, they're in the twenty-five. So no, they they don't drop off. I mean, they just have a chance then to move up. And the fact that we took uh, five guys that were. Uh, you know, uh, have been waiting around, you know, that that opens things up a little bit more because, again, that gives them more of a chance to get in next year. And you look at next year's class, I mean, you know, certainly uh, uh, Darrell Rivas probably is going to be a first ballot because, I mean, he was one of the best cornerbacks in his era. He was that good. You know, Dwight Freeney is going to be, you know, behind uh, the guys like Ware, because he doesn't, he had 120 sacks, but he's not going to be there with uh, Jared Allen, who had a, you know, 134, and uh, certainly Demarcus Ware. So it's like uh, Freeney, Freeney will be up there. So uh, you know, Chris Johnson, the running back, is going to be in the mix. But uh, no, I think in the end, uh, you know, what ends up happening is the guys, you know, because what happens is if you didn't make the uh, top 10, then of course now you have a chance to maybe slip into the top 10. Gotcha. John, what about the uh, postseason awards? We saw the MVP go to Aaron Rodgers, which didn't seem like much of an upset. We no, all kind of no. assumed it was going to be him. I know some were making the case for Tom Brady, some for Cooper Cup. Yeah, 30, 39 votes for uh, uh, Rodgers and 10 for uh, Brady. So it wasn't even close. I think Cup got one, right? Didn't somebody? Yeah, Cup got one. Yeah, and yeah. he gets the Offensive Player of the mm-hmm, Year, so mm-hmm. he, he got the award. But any of these awards, T.J. Watt, Defensive Player, the Rookie of the Year on, or you know, Offense and Defense, that seemed pretty obvious. Yeah, he, he was unanimous, by the way. Yeah. Um, any of the awards surprise you, or was it pretty much chalk? I think Mike Vrabel. I mean, I know Mike Vrabel had the first seed with the Tennessee Titans, but I gave my vote to uh, Zach Taylor, and the reason for that is he took a 4-12 and team and he got it into the playoffs at 10-7. and seven. And, you know, again, we, we vote right after the final game. So it's not like anything in the playoffs. I saw Colin Coward come back and said that, well, it, 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 it should be, uh, you know, he was, he was going with, uh, you know, d- different type of stuff. Because, again, it's like, no, it's, you, you, you vote for the guy during the season. And usually, and maybe I'm wrong on this, uh, so often, I take the guy that has improved the team the most and made the biggest impact. And he felt can, like it should include postseason success. I don't know. I mean, you know, it's, no, the typical thing he just doesn't say. He just oh. says it should be this guy. It should be this guy. <laughs> okay. I mean, it should. It's like okay, there you go. It's like, uh, but no, that's just a typical Colin Coward, you know, because again, he, he doesn't know the rules or anything like that and haven't been in the room since 1988. You know, I do know what the rules are and all those different things. And of course, even in the voting for the, uh, you know, because again, you know, it's, it's so weird, guys, is that uh, here's the award ceremony. And other than the Walter Payton Award, I had a vote in everything. Because hmm. again, I, I, you know, I'm one of the 50 AP voters and as one of the 50 AP voters, you know, I vote for you know all the guys that uh, you know we're talking about that uh, won the awards last night, and uh, so uh, that that that's a little bit different. Who votes on the Walter Payton Award? I have no idea. 
Uh, so is it is the whole group different, or you're you're just not involved with that one? We're not involved. No, I mean, it's like a, so. It's, it's a completely different group. That yeah, it's a completely. That. Yeah, because again, uh. we're talking on the Walter Payton Award. We're talking about you know who did the most charitable work, who yeah. was the biggest for his community, all those different things. Well, how's that play into uh, the Hall of Fame and the AP football vote? Yeah, Does it, it doesn't. Yeah, because what you guys are covering is totally different. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, so, um, John, I was watching the uh, the show last night, and mm-hmm. I, I think Keegan Michael Key is hilarious. But uh, I thought of you, John, last oh, night really? when, I, when I heard this clip right here. This is so much better than what they had to do last year. Who, who was at that show? That's a trick question. No one was. No one was. There, was. there were no football players and no audience. I'm telling you, that room was emptier than Urban Meyer's playbook. Oh, it was, whoa. Hey, Urban Meyer. <laughs> anyway, I thought he he was hilarious. I yeah, that's great. You saw the uh, the thing where he was like just totally fawning over Barry Sanders. He was like staring into his eyes, like, "Wow, you're Barry Sanders," and he wouldn't let go of his hand. Uh-huh, I, uh-huh. I thought he did a really good job. That was fun. That was that's fun great. Yeah, Vrabel. You know, I, I think the more I think you're right. That one was the one maybe that I, I thought. Yeah, a guy like Zach Taylor or whatever. But uh, it was it was interesting at the end. You know, he was talking about, um, you know, what makes a good team, mm-hmm. and it sounded like Pete Carroll because he said you you got to be able to run the ball, you got to take care of the ball, which right. is what Pete right. has always done. If you look at the last four years, they've only given up eleven, twenty, and then eighteen and thirteen. Mm-hmm. They've been number one in giveaways in that that regard. The Seahawks have, but he talked about playing defense taking care of the ball and running the ball. And, you know, everybody thinks that that's archaic and outdated and Mm -hmm. everything. But as he was saying, over the last 25 years, those are the things that really matter and what you should focus on. Yeah, and, of course, I mean, that's – and and you see the growing trend. And even though, you know, there's only like seven backs that had 1,000-yard seasons, you know, you have more multiple – uh, running back situations where you alternate and you do all these different things. But I think, you know, the, you, you can see the running teams are the ones that seem to do the best. I mean, I mean, you, you and you look at the teams that don't run the ball and the problems that they had. Like, for example, Cincinnati got themselves into a problem because they were pass, 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 pass. And so, you know, they had 51 sacks. Uh, then they get into that Tennessee game, and they ran the ball only 18 times. And, uh, you know, he got sacked nine times, Joe Burrow. And so then what they ended up doing in the championship game is running it 28 times because they have Joe Mixon. And, you know, as bad as the offensive line is for the Bengals, and it's really bad, I mean, he was pressured 16 times but was only sacked once. And so you see that. And uh, and you saw early in the season how Buffalo – uh, was so figured out because all they would do is pass, 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 pass. But then in the second half of the season, they ran the ball a little bit more. So, no, it's very important to run the football. Hey, John, uh, let's talk about the moves the Seahawks have apparently made. Again, waiting for confirmation mm-hmm. on hiring. But it looks like Sean Desai being brought in as assistant head coach and and uh, the firing of Mike Solari. What, what do you make of those two moves? Well, I like the uh, uh, Soleil move because, again, they, they just needed another person with different eyes to look at this defense and come up with ideas. And the great part is, you know, he has he comes from the Fangio system and, you know, he knows exactly uh, how they run things. And so it's like uh, he'll have those different eyes. And I think it's great because he'll be associate head coach. And then, of course, you know, Carl Scott will be the defensive back coach or pass uh, 
as they now call it, the uh, defensive pass coordinator. And so it's like, uh, so I, I, I like that because, again, what I thought would, might happen is that here, you know, they lose Ed Donatell, who I think still was, you know, it's a big loss not to get him. But when he got the general manager job, I'm thinking, uh-oh, uh, does the side go with him? Because, you know, they can offer him the defensive uh, secondary. Uh, and I'm thinking, uh-oh, that could, that could hurt the Seahawks. But then they come back this morning and they get the job done. So I like that. The Solari thing, I'm surprised. Uh, but now in retrospect, I can see what's going on. And see if you agree with this, Dave. Uh, you know, one thing Solari likes, he likes big physical offensive linemen. Okay. Well, if you're going to be running the Rams type of offense, and obviously they've made a commitment to continue running the Rams type of offense, you need a little bit more athleticism in your offensive linemen. And so uh, with that in mind, I mean, it's kind of going a different direction. I mean, with Tom Cable, you know, he wanted a little bit more athletic stuff, and they got away with that and had a – because Mike Solari is one of the best coaches on offensive lines in the league. So that's why I'm surprised to see him go. But I think you can understand that, you know, now as they try to revamp and get new starters, that uh, they'll go ahead and try to get a little bit more athletic-type offensive linemen. And, like, for example, the Rams – have uh, three starters or three guys, including uh, one of their main backups, Joe Noteboom, uh, out there uh, as un- unrestricted free agents. You'd have to think they're going to go ahead and sign one of those guys. Very interesting. Yeah, I, I you know, with uh, or you can just get really big guys that are super athletic, like yeah, Trent Williams. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, but that but, cost, costs you a draft choice or so. Yeah, exactly. Which is but, fine. Yeah. Well, I mean, to have a guy like that, I mean, he's just like a devastating blocker. But, you know, the things we were looking at, John, is just that we kind of felt just as far as the eye test goes that, you know, there were players that just took steps back. I mean, Damian Lewis wasn't the same as Mm -hmm. his rookie year. Um, Same thing with Dwayne Brown. And he seemed frustrated a lot of times, which to me, you know, that's typically what you get from players like – you know, and you look at Quandre Diggs on the other side. He was there was lots of frustration. Yeah. I felt like it wasn't because of you know his play. It was because things didn't make sense. And I wonder if that was the case with Dwayne Brown. And then you know we talked about uh, Brandon Shell, who look he was a definitely an upgrade from Jermaine Effetti, but I don't think he had. So there's three players right there that are probably some of your best guys on the offensive line that got worse uh-huh. instead of better. Do you agree? Yeah, I would. I would agree. Yeah, because. Uh... You know, it just, uh, I mean, they, they came on a little bit in the second half of the season, but there's no doubt that there was a drop-off. And uh, and with that in mind, uh, you know, they paid a price for it. So, no, I think that, uh, you know, I can understand the move. You know, I still like uh, him, Solari, because, again, I just think he's such a good coach. But, again, you know, change happens. And, of course, I mean, you knew uh, that, you know, with the way the season went, change was going to happen. It happened at a defensive coordinator job. It happened in the defensive secondary. Now it's happened on the offensive line. Now I'm sure they're done. Now it's a matter of just uh, getting the coaches together and then figuring out you know, what they're going to do as far as re-signs and what they're going to do in free agency. Hey, John, as, as far as the defense goes, and Dave brought yeah. up Quandre Diggs, we played some cuts from him earlier. Yeah, I heard him. Yeah, so well, I he was... didn't hear him on your show, but I heard him early. Well, if you didn't hear him on our show, it was, did it really happen, John? Ours are better, John. Oh, it really hearing happen? it on our show is just better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is official. Anything that happens here is official. Okay. Everything else is yeah. just hearsay. Uh, but he sounded like a guy who wasn't 
certainly wasn't committing to coming back to Seattle when asked about the defense was talking about, you know, Hey, there are too many cooks in the kitchen and you know, they'd be standing on the field waiting for a call to come out onto the field. I mean, that's not a good look. Would you chalk that up to, all right, Pete and Ken just couldn't communicate. They couldn't get on the same page. Or is that, how do, how do you see that? that well, I thought I, that was I, an interesting I, comment. What I can him. see is that uh, Quandre Diggs lost faith in Ken Norton jr. Okay. And so, uh, that, that just ended up happening. Now, the issue is going to be coming off his major injury. You know, is he going to be able to do much in free agency? Because it's not like he's going to you know, be a healthy guy in the middle of free agency. So I still think there's a good chance he can come back. Now, the question is going to be, do they franchise him or do they uh, do it? Because, I, I, you know, what I, what I look at is his value should be you know, in free agency somewhere around $13.2 million dollars. And of course, if you get to thirteen point two million dollars in a multi-year deal, I mean, you can you know lower the cap and do that for a couple a year or two. And so, uh, no, but I think that uh, you know I think he likes it here. Certainly, he likes being with Jamal Adams, and you can hear you know, the quotes that he was saying about he and Jamal and all those different things. And they seem to be positive. And of course, uh, you know now you got to you know a change you know, with a secondary coach and all that stuff. So it's a, it's a matter of working out the contract. But again, you know, coming off the major injury he has, that's going to be a problem. Well, mm. you know, when you step back and look at this, John, I mean, you, you've got Clint Hurt, who's never been a defensive yeah. coordinator before. Uh, you have, you know, Sean Desai, who is a, a younger guy, Carl Scott. And then you look at Andy Dickerson, I, apparently, we don't know for sure. Yeah. It's not official. Yeah. He's going to be your offensive line coach. I mean, those are... To not have experience in those, you know, especially defense and offensive line, that's that's a pretty big risk, man. Uh, Hall of Famers. They're all Hall of Fame caliber guys. <clears throat> and so you have to start eliminating Hall of Fame caliber guys. And so we go from 15 to 10, 10 to 5, and whether it's first, first ballot, second ballot, it doesn't matter, or second year, third year, it's a matter that there's always going to be guys that carry over from previous years and you know they deserve it too so it's like it's not you know uh, and you know some years you know the first ballot guys don't get in because again you have other guys that uh, you you tend to talk through and promote and all those different things in the room and they tend to get in i mean this is not a i mean there's no difference between a first ballot hall of famer and a second second year third year fourth year they're all hall of fame caliber guys but you have 15 and you have to eliminate them from 15 to 10 and 10 to 5 so five is the max that can get in each year yes uh, okay so li- limited number of spots so yeah. yeah that makes sense all right john i think it's the 206 uh who are you most excited to hear at halftime you got eminem dr dre snoop dogg kendrick lamar and mary j blige dr dre Dr. Dre. Yeah, and I mean the reason is is that uh, you know it's like the, the if they he went to your high school. No, oh, no, 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 no. He's no. your neighbor. No, because again, I mean, because you know the the song that uh, I'm sure drove you crazy every time you would go down to Ram games, where it's like California. Oh, yeah. It's like I love that song. That was so, him and Tupac. Yeah, Tupac and Dr. Dre and all those guys. And so it's like I want to hear California because I love that song. It's it's like one of one of my recent favorites. And so it's like uh, as long as we can get California, it's you know it's like uh, in there. It's like I'm very happy about that. So anything whether it's Dr. Dre, Tupac, or whatever, uh, I'm 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 looking forward to that. And again, I mean, what you're talking about is that for halftime, 
you know, and I'll, I'll tell you this story after I get done with this, is that what's great is that they're all hip-hop people, which I, lo- I love hip-hop. And mm-hmm. so it's like, that's great. The story I'm telling is like, uh, they asked me on a Buffalo radio station yesterday. It's like, uh, are you going to watch any of the pregame show? And I say, no. I was like, well, why not? It's like, I have no interest in it. It's like, well, why not? And yet you think about it, you know, the only two years, which will be this year being the second year, I've not been at a Super Bowl. Oh, at 1983, I wasn't at the Super Bowl and watched it on TV. Is that, uh, you know, I'm always at the Super Bowl. I've been to like 45. Okay, and so it's like, uh, you know, it's like when you're at the Super Bowl, I mean, you're there in the press box before the game and you're not watching a pregame show. Yeah. yeah. Well, and after you're singing there, I really look forward to hearing Dr. Dre yeah. sing <laughs> instead of you. The song's uh, California Love, by the way, is the name of it. Yeah. Bob, I think, I think, Bob, you're going with Eminem. I love Is that your favorite? I mean, yeah, it's, it's amazing how fast that guy's mind thinks. And just mm-hmm. the rappers in general, yeah. typically. I've, seen, I, just... I've actually seen three of these artists in concert before. Oh, have you? Really good for yeah, you. Yeah, I've seen Dre, I've seen Eminem, and I've seen Snoop. I've seen Snoop probably four or five times. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, so I've seen three of them before. Yeah, I love Eminem. I think he's incredibly unique in a genre that's really hard to separate yourself in. So there you go. Hey, John, I wanted to ask you one more because yeah. this Dave and I hit this all the time, and it – I think it's your turn. Uh, two five three <laughs> says, says Jamal must go. He does. Oh. He does what he wants, regardless of what the team wants. He won't ever tackle guys on the goal line. What would you do with him, John? Keep him. <laughs> so what do you? It's like how many people in this town want to keep getting rid of talent? I mean, come on, people. I mean, it's like you're trying to build a team, not tear a team up. I mean, you know, if you look at his, I mean, he went. He wasn't he good in his first year here. Very. Yes. Okay. And so now, I mean, he didn't have as good of a year. I mean, you can see that Diggs had an issue, and maybe Jamal did with some of the things that were going on with the coaching aspect and the schemes and things like that. It's like, come on, people, don't give up talent. And plus, the cap hit you would take would be immense. I mean, one one thing that we'll be talking about next week is that uh, on you know Russell Wilson, right? And Russell Wilson on Friday next week gets a $5 million roster bonus that's going to be paid, right? Because he'll be on the roster. You know, because the Seahawks do this thing where if you're on the roster five days after the Super Bowl, I mean, you'll get a roster bonus. And so all of a sudden, that takes his cap hit to $31 million if he's traded away. You think they want to do that? No. No, and I think maybe the way he was used led mm-hmm. to some of the changes they've made on defense. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. you know. It's, it helps to watch how he's being used in, in determining whether he's effective or not. Yes. John, uh, you doing your show tomorrow? Yeah, 8 to 11, taking calls. 8 to 11, taking calls, and we'll talk to you on Monday. Okay, sounds good. Happy Have Super Bowl. Have a great weekend, John. We'll talk to you on Monday. If you missed any of today's cold, hard facts, brought to you by Coors Light, made to chill, download the podcast at 710sports.com. Is this a career-defining game for Sean McVay? We'll get into that next with Wyman and Bob on 710 ESPN Seattle.